This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. Galatians 5, verse 14 says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Praise God. Do we understand that concept? Basically, all are living for God. If we can learn how to allow God in us to care about one another, to love one another, treat one another. Can't just say I love them, but treat them badly. Amen. To treat people like we want to be treated. To do unto others as we would have them do unto us. But, here's the uh, bad example. If you bite and devour one another, how do we do that? Through our words, mostly. Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. We can destroy ourselves. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. If you don't want to tear down and destroy things by your words and your actions, walk in the Spirit. Walk in God's strength. Walk in God's power. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in God's Spirit and, and you won't go your way. And we're going to see in this chapter what that means. The difference between walking in the Spirit and the lust of the flesh. Before we do that, let's look at the, the battle here. Somebody say, I'm in the battle. You are. You are. For the flesh, what you want, your will, lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things you would. You want to do right, but you got that battle. What I want versus what God wants. Amen. Praise the Lord. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now we're going to see what is my will? What's your will? What's going to happen if we don't walk in the Spirit? Well, the flesh is going to work. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, all these things, sexual immorality, in marriage, out of marriage, Lewdness, filthiness, these are all things that are within our flesh that will play out, if you will, if you don't walk in the Spirit. Idolatry, putting things in front of God, making things more important than Almighty God in your life. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife. These are things that pit us against one another, whether it's anger or jealousy The strife and hatred um, against your brother and sister. That's flesh. That's your will. That's you putting you first. Seditions and heresies, church problems that rise up, undermining the church or bringing up false doctrines that 
that uh, you haven't been taught. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Anything that's like these things we understand. Still, you know, you say, well, it's not really that. If it's like it, it's just, just the same. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, they which do such things ain't going to heaven. Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, now here's walking in the Spirit. What's this mean? This is who God is in you. This is how, this is how a Christian ought to walk because God's in you. So this is, this is the character, the personality, the attributes of Him. And he's in us, so the fruit of that, which is going to go along really good with Wednesday night, is love. Real love. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 sometimes. Love that's selfless. Love that puts you first and not me. Not what I want. Not me manipulating you to get what I want. Love that serves the needs of others. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, or we might say patience, gentleness, goodness, faith. These are all attributes of God. And when we are filled with God's Spirit, that's in us. Don't just tell me you spoke in tongues and you felt the presence of God. Is there faith in you? Is there goodness in you? Is there joy in you? Meekness, humility, not pride and arrogance, not act like you're better than everybody else. That's not like Jesus. And the last one is temperance. Here's that thing we were talking about. I'm just going to go ahead and jump to the chase and say, this is the thing you're not going to all shout about. The last but not least is temperance. Self-control. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated, except for Becca and Madeline. Everybody else can sit down. Stand up. I want you to go get that sign back there, that whiteboard, and roll it up here. I'm going to use that again. That's our Wednesday night Bible study. And uh, don't bang in anything, but don't take your time. Hurry up. Amen. So, here we are looking for God's best. That's why we're in church today. We're not here just to go through the motions, feel good about ourselves. We are here for God's best. Amen? The Bible kind of gives us a, a con- contrast. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. That's great. I got it. So the Bible kind of gives us a contrast. Walking in the Spirit, that's walking in God's blessing, God's power. Amen? When you turn from your sins and repent, you turn and ask God for forgiveness. You come to an altar and say, God, I'm sorry. I've been doing things my way. I want to do things your way. And you turn from your way and do things God's way. Amen. And then you bury that old life. That's why we have this up here. We're going to put you under water and bury that old life. That old life is past. Old things pass away. Amen. All things become new. Amen. God fills you with the Holy Ghost, fills you with his power, but now we got to walk in His Spirit. we got to do His will. So we looked at this last week, or, yeah, on Wednesday. And um, we said we want to get from where we are to heaven. We want to get to where God's will is. All right? If we, the choice is 
you remember, the choice is not my will, but his will be done. The choice that we've got to make, thy will, walk in the spirit, or my will, walk in the flesh. Now, I can choose to do my will, and that's going to manifest itself. It's going to make itself known. The fornication, the adultery, the wrath, the problems, and uh, that might work out okay for a while, but can I tell you, you're going to get farther and farther and farther from God's will and ultimately heaven, and you're going to end up in a bad situation. You're going to, it's going to come home. Whatsoever you sow, you're going to reap. So what we said Wednesday night is we've got to start from where we are and make some choices, right? Choices every day. I want to pray. I want to surrender to God. I want to do what's right. The part of that that people struggle with, the part of that that I walked away from that Bible study say, feeling like the Lord was telling me, you didn't tell them all the story. You told them they have to make a choice. But there's more to it than just making a choice. And I, I know just the very next day the kind of ways the Lord was working on me. And literally every day uh, I would run into somebody and they would uh, we'd talk and, and this topic would come up somehow. Or I'd be listening to something. And, and, and again, the same words that God was dealing with me every day. Somehow it would be fit into that. And I knew that, uh, that I needed to just finish this and, and even felt like I needed to bring this back up and, and tell you the part of it that people don't like. Telling people they need to make a choice. Telling people that they uh, need to just make up their mind. You know, I, I, I want to make it to heaven. I want, to, I want God's best in my life. I want to fulfill God's will. I said it earlier as we were praying. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan. And if you're not in God's will, if you're not doing what God made you to do, you're not happy. You're not as happy as you could be. You don't have that joy that God wants to put in you. I've seen it. I've used this as an example. I remember as a young man, uh, we went hunting one time with my uncle, and he had beagles that he raised for hunting. And they were bred to hunt. And if you've ever seen one of these things, uh, it, it was really, I mean, you might not even be into hunting, but seeing these dogs get out there and just, they, it, it was like you could tell this is everything that was in them to do. They loved it. And they would flush out small game, pheasants and rabbits. They would go through the thickest of the, the thickets. They would go through all the thorns and thistles and just, just nose through it all. And, and just, you, you know, you know when a dog's having a good time, they're very and uh, the one year we went out, one of, the, one of his uh, favorite beagles had gotten in a trap one night because uh, they would get loose and just run rabbits all night. You'd hear them just baying and making their noise and, and, and living it up, living the dream, I guess. And uh, one of them got into a trap and they had to take its, one of its back legs off right at its body. And they brought this dog along on this hunting trip. And that thing, that three-legged dog, was having the time of its life. 
this thing. It didn't slow it down. It didn't matter one bit. It didn't. Uh, it, it didn't. It, it just it put its heart into it, and you could see that's just what these things were bred to do. And it, it impacted me and impressed me. Uh, I, I've heard like racehorses are the same way. That through generations and generations of breeding, and and this is just there's nothing that they enjoy more than doing what they were were made to do. You've got a a a gift. You've got something that God has made you to be. Amen. If you have ever gotten even close to it, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever just been in the in the zone of uh, of hey hey this is this is what God wants me to do. God's working in this, and and it, it might be encouraging somebody. It might it, it, it might be a many many things that we we teach about it all the time. But when you start doing what God wants you to do, it's better than any hobby that you've ever had, because it's it's in you. And when we come into the presence of God, we worship, we give ourselves. That's part of it. Because you were made to glorify God. You were made to honor God. So when you come into his presence and you see people weeping and, 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 and trembling in the presence of God, that's part of just what you were created to do. And it resonates. It, it clicks. There's, this, is, this is it. But it's more than just what's in church and around this altar. And if you can get out there and minister and serve, you know, people think they're living to, and I'm for stuff. And, and, and sister was talking about people that, that, were, that had, you know, went out and had fun. There's nothing wrong with fun. We, we're for it. We're pro-fun. Team fun. Yeah, we like that. It's just not what we're made for. And, and if you try your best to fulfill everything in your life by just going places, doing things, and we go places and do things, and we buy things, and we enjoy that. But if you've got to find fulfillment in that, you're going to be empty, like our testimony was. There's got to be more than that. You've got to be in all that putting God first. And... Every day there's going to be these choices that we talked about. You're going to be confronted with a crossroads. And you're going to have to make a choice. Wisdom's going to tell you, hey, here's what's right. And you've got to choose between wisdom, God's will, God's best for you. It's always wise to do God's will because God is not only in charge. He loves you and wants what's best for you. So when you deny yourself and, and choose to do God's will, excuse me. God's going to bless you for it. But rest assured, what I'm getting at is choosing means more than just what goes on in your mind. Choosing is a whole lot more than just saying, I think I'm going to do the right thing today. You got to do it. See, I said this to you many years before we did a we did a Bible study and I had this in my notes and never really got to it on Wednesday. But I preached a message about prayer and I'm all for prayer. Everything needs to be soaked in prayer. But understand, there's a time when you get up off your knees and you do what God has strengthened you to do. You do what God enables you to do. And sometimes, because we prayed and God breaks down strongholds and opens doors, you still got to go and do what God's leading you to do. So I kind of, kind of said to you one time that, I know they say prayer changes things, but prayer will cause you to do some things to make the change in many times. Sometimes God has to break the walls down. Sometimes God has to bring the, the enemy down. But sometimes you've got to get up and spiritually take up the battle, take up the sword and the shield and fight the battle. 
So does prayer change things? Absolutely. But understand change changes things. Understand that sometimes prayer is what we need, need to, to get the job done and change some things. So rest, understand completely that when we talk about making choices to do God's will, we're talking about something that requires doing. And doing means discipline. Doing means controlling and making a decision between what I want to do and what God wants to do. Can I tell you, some of the, some of the richest people in the world, well, I, let's not just say the richest people, but some very, very rich people. You know what? You get out there with a book, get out there with a website, and you say, I'm going to tell you what you want to do. There's two things. Two things. We can, we can either... We can, I've got a shortcut. You can lose weight fast. Now, you know that's ridiculous. I was thinking it's almost like, it's, it's like professional wrestling. Everybody knows it's fake, but these guys are millionaires. Lose weight fast. No dieting, no exercise. Lose weight now. Everybody knows that's fake, but yet they are making millions. And then the other folks that are saying, get rich quick. Right? You can make millions and you can, there's somebody making millions, but it's the one on the other side of this deal. You don't have to save money. You don't have to work hard. You don't have, just get rich quick. Those two things are just, just, there's, it's never, never gets old. There's always a new scam, always a new shortcut, always a new miracle herb, and always a new uh, gimmick to get people rich. Two of the things that people want more than anything, I guess, really, in the world. I want to be rich, but I don't want to have to work hard. And I, I want to be skinny, but I don't want to, I don't want to give up donuts. So, you know, that's what these dots are, you know, the choices. Donuts, 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 donuts. Down to, down to the wrong way. But you've got to choose to be disciplined. And it's the same way. There's no, there's no shortcut to God's will. Walk in the Spirit. Amen. Crucify. That's not a happy word. My will. What do I do with my will? What do I do with all those choices? When I say, I, this is what I want to do. I want to take it easy. I want to go, uh, I want what's convenient. I want what's comfortable for me. And God's saying, step out in faith. Amen. Get away from the things that are, that are, uh, are, are damaging you. Get away from the things that have pulled you down forever. I, uh, you know, I've been doing some work on the side, doing some driving, and had some younger people, youngish people in my car last night. And one of them was just talking about bad decisions. I'm such an idiot. And I just chimed in and said, You're not an idiot. Don't say you're an idiot. And I am an idiot. I said, No, 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 you're not. And somebody sitting next to them said, She is an idiot. I'm her best friend, and she is an idiot. Well, can I tell you something? You got to choose, like we said Wednesday night, you got to make a choice. But being stupid is easy. Falling down and taking the easy way. But if you got to work for something, that's work. You got to discipline yourself to do better. And God's going to help you. It's all God. It's all God's strength. It's all God's ability. But you've got to be able to have the courage to stand up. And say, no, I'm not going to go the easy way. I'm going to trust God, obey God, go against everything that's pulling me the wrong way. And 
And it takes what the King James Bible calls temperance. It takes self-control. And this is one of the biggest things that we need and one of the things that, that uh, tangles up Christians more than anything. And uh, one of the things you don't really hear maybe talked about a lot, uh, just, just maybe, maybe out in front, but it's behind a lot of things that we teach. The idea that I, God's, God did the work, God's leading me forward, God's strengthening me, God's enabling me, God's given me the power to walk in his spirit, but I've still got to make the choice. God's not going to force me to say the right things, to be kind, to be generous. God's not going to force me to do those things. I've got to willingly control my life and direct it in the right way. Like I said, it's very important. In Acts, the... uh, 24th chapter, Paul is talking to a leader in Rome. He is a prisoner, and he begins to witness and kind of do some personal preaching. He's really more or less witnessing to someone who's been brought before their council, a man named Felix. And it says in Acts 24, verse 24, after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewish, he sent for Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now stop there a minute. And I think this is incredibly interesting. If I was going to sum up living for God in three specific subjects, I wonder what you would say. What 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 kind of, if I'd say, okay, uh, you, you spent several days talking to them about the Lord. If you could sum up everything you said in just a few subjects, what would they be? This is what it says in our Bibles in the book of Acts. He, as he reasoned, somebody say reasoned. Living for God, a child of God ought to be reasonable. It ought to be something you're jamming down people's throat. It ought to be, I, I've said it, you've heard me say it before, I just said it to somebody here very recently. I said, you know, I, I, I love dessert, I love chocolate cake, but if you shove it down my throat, I'm going to most likely spit it back in your face. Even though it's good and I like it, you're not going to deliver it to me effectively that way. A plate and a fork, thank you. But, can I tell you that as we witness to people, as we reach out to people, there ought to be a reasoning. We ought to be able to talk to people about this and and tell them what it means to be a Christian and why it's, it's right. And the Bible says he reasoned, look at this, these three things, righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Felix trembled and answered, go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season I will call for thee. In all the things Paul talked about, the writer of Acts, Luke, wrote it down as reasoning about righteousness, reasoning about God's judgment to come, how God's going to, at the end, just put everything in its place and reward those who have done his will. And and temperance, righteousness and temperance, that the self-control. To do what you know you need to do. See, 
A lot of folks nowadays just say, well, God loves me no matter what. He does. He loves you so much, he wants you to be at your best. I sent out a few texts. I didn't send it to everybody. But after I taught this message about God's will and God's best in your life, and this is the mark, pressing towards the mark, I was reading a book that I went and looked it up. But the man quoted a study and said that the Greek word for sin comes from an origin that means to miss the mark. When you're missing God's best for your life, when you're missing God's will for your life, that's a sin. It's a sin to live this awesome life in such an awesome world with such an awesome God and miss the mark of of being that as happy as that three-legged beagle. Being as happy about what you do. I'm not saying it's not going to be heartaches and battles and things that make you angry. That's life. But enjoy that life and because you're in God's best and in God's will. And missing that mark is sin. Amen. Praise the Lord. Temperance, self-control means I'm going to. I'm making up my mind today. And by God's help and by God's strength, I will direct my life towards God's best for me. Amen. While other people are, are spiritually lazy. And see, that's the difference between everybody everybody that's that's down here on the path of tragedy. They're looking up here and they want all the results. But they're looking for a shortcut. There's no shortcut. Just got to gotta choose to do what's right and then do it. God's going to help you. God's going to help you every step of the way. That's self-control. That's self-control. The difference between somebody who's doing well in any area of their life, but specifically God's will, and somebody who's is, is discipline. Oh, I can't pray. You can pray just as easy as anybody else. Oh, it's so hard for me to read the Bible. You can read your Bible just the same as somebody who reads it every day. It's discipline. Oh, I can't get to church. It's discipline. Oh, I can't put my heart into it. I can't focus. You can focus as much as anybody. Oh, it's just so hard for me to focus. I can't focus. It's it's so difficult. You put that away. Right? It's just, I I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, you just do it. There's things that will make you better. And, and you're not going to sit in here very long without hearing, hey, this is what's better. Here's how to get you, keep your attention. Here's what. And if you, there's some people that do it, and it, it never fails to amaze me when there's some people that just won't. But when you're looking at the people who are being blessed, when you're hearing the testimonies of people that are excited about just all that God is doing in their life, and you're saying, it's just not fair. It's absolutely fair. It's discipline. Amen. It's, it's, it's prioritizing. What do you want in this life? Can I tell you, as someone who's lived for now 50 years, it's amazing to me. Uh, but I, I think, you know what, there, there might be a lot of things you don't feel like you can learn. But I'll tell you one thing, praise God. You're going to want to be in a good place in another 10 years. You're going to want to be in a better place in 20 years. You're not going to want to be scrambling around in 20 years like you're scrambling around trying to figure out right and wrong up and down in in another 20 years. You know what? You're going to have to make some decisions today to get where you want to be. If you keep on choosing living beneath your means and living in foolishness, praise God. That's sad. You know, the bottom line of that discussion I had with those young folks where I said, don't don't say that. And they said, yeah, yeah, she is an idiot. 
the, the, the response that finished the conversation was the response I've heard more than once or twice. Well, I'm young. I said, don't be an idiot. <laughs> take it off the table. It doesn't matter that you're young because you're not going to be young all the time. So don't, don't, you, you're not going to end up here being an idiot. You know, when you get older, you can't just hop up here all of a sudden. You're going to have to start, start with a lot of regrets and start with a lot of hurt that you don't need. First Corinthians 9. First Corinthians 9 is a really blunt scripture about discipline, about self-control. Really just... It's not just a word like temperance that you can discount, just kind of glance over because it's not really that important. Here it is that Paul starts dealing with what it really means to stay on that path towards the mark. God's best in your life. God's blessings in your life. Heaven in your life. Got to make some hard decisions sometimes. People in your life that are pulling you down, pulling you away from God's best. Don't be an idiot. Don't sell yourself away from God's best in your life because of somebody. Keep doing God's best and God will bless you with better people around you that will love you and help you do your best. 1 Corinthians 9 really is a sports analogy. It's an athlete that wants to be the best and be the first and get the prize. The mark, the goal, is being the best. That's what the mastery is talking about. So 1 Corinthians 9.25, every man and every man that striveth for the mastery, everyone that wants to be excellent in their field of, of, of what they want to accomplish, everybody who's striving to be better is temperate in all things. Every one of us understands this. Every one of us understands this. There's something in your life that you have to forego as an adult. If you're a mature adult, there's things that you forego. You, you like to have a roof over your head, so you go to a job. You don't maybe, you wouldn't be doing it on your day off, right? It's like you have a day off. Oh. Can I just come in and do it anyhow? You don't have to pay me. You don't, you, oh, you know, you wouldn't be maybe getting up at that time because of, you, I'm not saying maybe there are aspects you enjoy, but you, you, you make some concessions. You do some things because, well, I want to pay, I want to pay rent. I want to pay a mortgage. I want to have a roof over my head. I want to have things. I want to keep the electricity on. So I do some things and, and, and more and more we could give illustrations of just as you grow up, you realize these things aren't just handed to you. Life doesn't just pour out its bounty upon you. You've got to work for it. Anything you want to do better at, 
Say, I, I'm, I, I like where I live. I like what's going on, but I'd like better. I'd like more. I'd like, to, I'd like uh, something that, that will accommodate us better. It's more room or something that's a little nicer, something that might help with some things I like to do, some space. How am I going to do better than where I'm at? I'm going to work harder. I'm going to, try to, going to try to find something better, and I'm going to apply myself to do better. Amen. I might put a little aside and live, but take a, make a sacrifice to just put a little aside every week. It might not be much so that after I save up something, I can get a nicer vehicle or I can get a nicer place or nicer things. And, and you make sacrifices to get where you want to go. That's like an athlete. They, they want to be the best in what they do. So what do you do? You have to have self-control. It says, now they do it. For a corruptible crown, they do it for a blue ribbon or a trophy, a medal, gold medal. But we, an incorruptible, same type of, uh, of thinking, if you will, same type of, of understanding. It takes discipline. If I want to be saved, everything in this world's working against us. It's amazing to me that people don't get that. Oh, I didn't think there'd be a battle. Really? Did you listen to anything that was preached? But I saw everybody so happy, and you dance, and you lift your hands, and you smile, and you're friendly. I didn't know it was going to be hard. It is. Pay attention. Anything that you want to better yourself in, it's going to be a struggle. Everything in you is going to fight you. Everybody around you that's mediocre is going to say, Ah, what's wrong with you? You think you're better than us? That's not friendship. Amen. When you're trying to excel and and be better, people that love you are going to cheer you on. Amen. They're not going to mock you or mock other people that are trying their best. That's just, that's ridiculous. Living for God is like that. You, if you're striving for the best, you've got to be temperate. You've got to have self-control. So then Paul says it this way, so I'm running, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, talking about racing, talking about boxing, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Now this verse here, to me, this kind of grabbed me at a very young age when I saw this. It really, it, it, it really will, will get a hold of you if you let it. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, I but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. That is the, the, the height of the battle. My will, right? My will, my body, not just some kind of thought in my mind, but my will versus God's will. What do I do? I've got to bring it under subjection. Lest by any means, I've, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul himself said it this way. I've got to discipline myself. One, one way of looking at this, one paraphrase of it is, I discipline my body and keep it under control. I discipline myself. I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest I tell everybody else what the right way is, but I am on the wrong path. Another way of paraphrasing this is but I keep under my body, bring it into subjection. I'm training it to do what it should and not what it wants to do. Like the athlete, 
wow, it's just not fair. They're making all that money. The training, I, I'm not for it either. I think it's a, a problem in our culture, no doubt about it. But I will say this, it, it's it, the, the training and the, the, the stress that they're put under to, to do what they have to do is unbelievable. Not for it in, one, in, in, any, in any way, shape, or form. But uh, it doesn't just happen. Praise the Lord. And living for God is some decisions that need backed up with some action. And that takes self-control. You're going to have to learn how to control your tongue to do God's will. You're going to have to learn how to control your mind when it's pulling you down into dark places. You're going to have to learn how to control your, your passions. Amen. You're going to have to learn how to control this. The Bible says, I keep my body under, I discipline it, keep it under control. People think discipline is such an ugly word. And so many today have just thrown out the idea. And I believe without a doubt with the coupling with just the broken homes and people that are just tore up with, with, uh, with abuse and just horrible, horrible things happening in the home. No stability, no peace in the home. Growing up under that. But not only that, the lack of discipline to be able to let children understand, teach them how to control themselves, has caused humanity to just sink to such a low level. People don't know how to deal with life. They're, they're so confused. They're so hurting. They're so broken. When I look at this generation, I see the confusion, even the gender confusion. You know, we can, we can just get real nasty about that but you know there's young people that are growing up they don't they're they're fighting battles and they don't understand what they're up against they don't know how to guide their life into the best they don't know how to find the gifts they don't believe they're special in any way because they've never really been taught all these things all they know is abuse and hurt and instability and and rage and anger and and we're dealing with people that are broken not to say broken just shattered and all we can do is say there's a Father in heaven that loves you and has a plan for your best. Amen. And he'll start to put things together and teach you how to press toward a mark. But in all this, God, it's God's love. It's God's mercy. It's God's call. It's God's power to enable you. But you have to make the steps. You have to walk in the Spirit. One place Jesus said it this way. It was in Matthew 16. You have to deny yourself. Deny yourself. Every time I know how to do better, I know how to do right, I have to fight my flesh that says, but I'm tired, but that's too much work, but oh, everybody, nobody will understand. Nobody thinks that's important but you. Deny yourself. Take up a cross. Amen? And follow me. That's not, uh, that's not a hobby. That's, that's work. Galatians 5.24, we read it here. Crucify the flesh. It says they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. I've got to nail my will to be mediocre, to be less than God's best to the cross. Got to crucify it. My will, the, the, the thing that makes me lazy for the best of God, I've got to crucify that. In Colossians, the third chapter, it says to mortify the members of your flesh. My will, how do I overcome that? Well, through discipline, I've got to put it to death. Mortify it. I 
I hope I made it clear. I understand in myself. None of us, none of us can can do any of this without God. God's the one that sets the course. God's the one that enables us. God's the one that helps us when we fall. When we fall short, thank God. When any any step along the way, we can we can get off track, but but we can make it right. We can get back on track. You can, don't wait to the end. Get back on track through repentance, through saying, telling God. He says, if you uh, confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't wait for tomorrow. Do that, and and, and stay right with God. But it does take discipline. The difference between people say, I wish I had this. I wish I had, had, had what you have. I wish I was better in this. It takes discipline. Bettering your mind and in education. Bettering your health and, and, and bettering your financial situation. No matter what God is doing, praise the Lord, there take, it takes discipline. It takes discipline. God will do it. God will open the door. But God will not pick you up and sit you down in it. You're going to have to follow. You're going to have to walk in his strength. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Sister Katie, if you'd come. Self-control. Temperance. Not a popular subject. Not something that gets us excited. People like to hear what's well, not your fault. The way you are, it's not your responsibility. But can I tell you, if you want to make it to heaven, you're going to have to take care of yourself. You're going to have to be smart and do. With God's strength and God's help, you do what's right. Tomorrow, without God's mercy, is going to be a product of your choices and what you have done your discipline or your lack of discipline today. The path that you're on. There's hardships, there's trials, there's battles that may not have anything at all to do with your choices, but you make the choice along the way. Am I going to be better? Or am I going to allow this to pull me down? Don't be foolish. Don't allow it to pull you down. Stay above it. Stay above it. God's got a plan for your life. I want to say it again. God made you with gifts. He made you to fulfill that and feel the joy, the fulfillment of a life. Being and doing what God called you to be and do. For His glory. For His honor. Hallelujah. He wants to bless you and show you off to those around that said you would never amount to anything. He wants to bless you and let them see that in God there's answers. But this world has tore you to pieces. This world has brought discouragement, depression, anxiety, anger, fear. This world, it just, it'll eat you up if you don't start saying, you know what, God, I need to start walking. Walking in your strength. Walking in the right direction. 
turning away from the wrong, turning away from the easy, turning away from the convenient. That's what that man Felix ended up saying to Paul. I'm going to wait till it's more convenient. I'm going to wait for an easier way. I'm going to choose my will for a while here yet. I don't want to choose this difficult path, this path that takes discipline. Come on, God's going to help you. God's going to take you there. God's going to be there for you. You can do this. There's nothing impossible for him. No matter how hard it's been, God's going to help you. Felix said, I'm going to wait for a convenient season. And we don't ever hear that Felix ever had that convenient season. Today's the day. Today's the day to start doing God's will. Ask God to forgive you for everything behind you. Every bit. No matter what you've been through. No matter how badly you've been treated. No matter what you've you've experienced. The unfairness. The hurt. You've got to choose to do right for you. You've got to choose to do God's will for you. No bit of the pain of this world is going to excuse you. Just allowing yourself to stay on the broad road to do wrong. Do right. Do right. Let God's Spirit lift you up like an eagle. Soar in His presence. Feel the strength that only He can give you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's just reach out to God, each one of us. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, you've heard you've heard God's word. You've heard God's will for you. I love you, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus, give us your strength. Give us your help. for my brothers and sisters. Praying you help us. Give us your strength to do what's right. Give us your ability. Lord, against everything that presses against us, against everything that tries to pull us down, Lord, help us, Lord, to do what's right, to rise above it, to do your will, God. Oh, Lord, that you'd fill us with a joy. Fill us with a peace of living what we need to live, God. Oh, yes. Every moment I'm awake, have your way in me. Oh, I love you, Lord. Come on, do what's best. Do what God wants you to do. Don't take the easy way. Strive for the mastery. Don't quit. Strive for the mastery. Don't give up. you, Jesus. Give you my heart. 
those decisions and discipline themselves do the right thing they always try to excuse themselves and say well it's easier for you and I tell you striving being temperate in all things is not easy for anyone we're all fighting different types of battles we're all fighting different methods the enemy tries to attack us personally with but God God is the one we have our focus on. He's our strength day by day. We don't look at our own weakness. We don't look at the size of the obstacle. We look unto Him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's all stand. Lord, we look to You. We can't do this without You. With man, it is impossible. But God, be our strength, be our help day by day, and continue to draw us into Your best, into Your will. Lead us, Lord, all the way to heaven. God, I'm asking you to bless each and every one. Bless each home. God, bless each job. Meet every need, God, and just keep us safe. Lord, use us this coming week to shine the light. And God will give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with everybody around you.